third minute at Old Trafford. Welcome to Kringle Talks Football. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of Kringle Talks Football. Uh, this is a reaction um, straight after the Arsenal versus Chelsea game in which Arsenal won three uh, one. Um, for those of you that are interested, I'd like to thank you for obviously welcome you for joining us today. Um, I've just started a brand new YouTube channel. So my previous channel um, had too much other content on it, which was fitness related, music related, etc. So what I've done is I've taken a brand new approach to it. I've made a brand new channel. Uh, this will be well the video, the audio clip that you're about to hear. The video of that will be the first video on there. Uh, it's my conversation with um, my good friend, as uh, also, sorry, good friend and a Chelsea fan. He's also a YouTuber. Uh, his name is Eunice, and his uh, YouTube channel is Eunice Talks Football. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, so I'd like to welcome my guest at this time. It is the wonderful Eunice uh, from Eunice Talks Football. Eunice, my friend, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Yeah, very well, man. Thank you very much. appreciate it very well for... Um, for coming on the period. Uh, for those who don't know, Eunice and I went to school together, so we have a little bit of background yeah. history. Yeah. He's younger than me, so we never really spent too much time together, but obviously we've crossed paths throughout school and obviously past that. So, like I said, very much, thank you very much for joining me. It comes on Boxing Day, obviously the day Arsenal have just played Chelsea. Um, so, you know, we might as well just go straight into that. Um because I'd done obviously a video recently where I sort of went through the preview of how I felt the game was going to go. Yeah. Um, based on the lineup that sort of, you know, I think you tweeted it, didn't you, about Lampard um, doing a bit of the Mourinho psychology. Yeah. yeah. That James might not be fit. Yeah. Um, both were. Um, so give me a sort of perspective on your side of things and when you saw the lineup appear and how confident you were, I'd say. Um, I mean... You could say confident, but I mean, I, we felt better. You know, we we, it, it, we didn't expect it. We we saw the lineup and saw Reese James fit, Chilwell fit, both starting. We're thinking, hang on, that's that doesn't add up. I mean, it's great, it's brilliant. You know, like we'd want both of them fit. Um, the press conference, Frank said, yeah, they're both really doubtful. Um, you know, and then he went on to Ziyech and he was like, no, Ziyech is out. But he did say James Chilwell, um, big doubts. And when you hear big doubts. You know, ninety nine out of hundred, they're out. They're yeah. not playing. And at Chelsea, this is this is what threw everyone off. At Chelsea this season specifically, even when a player's come back from injury and they're fit, they still don't play because the medical team, Lamps, his staff, everyone's gone. No, 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 no. We need to be extra cautious. We need to give them a bit more time. And that's kind of a thing. That's kind of a it's it's gotten on a few Chelsea fans' nerves because it's like, no, they're fit. Just play them. You know, but yeah, yeah. you can understand. So, yeah, we, we heard doubtful when we were like, okay, so they're both out. Asp Emerson will come in. I mean, now, I wouldn't have <laughs> mind Asp and Emerson to play, but... <laughs> oh, man. And you know what? Yeah. To be honest with you, when I heard that and I thought, oh, wicked, Asp and Emerson are going to come in, I'm like, you know what? This is just... I genuinely was like, this is a game, especially if Emerson's in, is tailor-made for somebody like Nicola Pepe, who gave him a hell of a time last season. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, Asp as well. 
the ball in over the top behind him. His legs aren't the same anymore. I was like, you know, this is going to be a fantastic game to release uh, Martinelli against him. I was so excited. And then I saw the lineup and I went, oh, OK, this is completely <laughs> thrown me off slightly. But touch on Arsenal's lineup. I was, you know, I've done the video and I mentioned the fact that I wanted Smith Rowe to start. Um, I didn't want Xhaka or Nanny or Nanny to play, and I was really, really angry when they started. I was like, "Fuck, this, you know, this is just this is going to be the same old usual." Arsenal, yeah. Hey, yeah. Honestly, I was like, "This is going to be sideways passing. We're going to get the ball. Nanny's going to look forward, not see anybody. Pass to Xhaka, who's going to pass it back, and that's going to be the, the you know the, the sort of rhetoric for the game." Um, but the positive of the fact that we had Martinelli, Smith Rowe, and Saka start, I was like, "You know what? Okay, cool. I can get behind this." Lacazette was up top. I was a little bit like, Ugh. he's not had the best of times, but he always gives his all. That's the only yeah. thing I can say credit-wise for him. He always gives his all. Um, but, yeah, the, the game started. Oh, well, there, sorry, the other one. Pablo Mari starting ahead of Gabriel. I was like, yeah. oh, where, yeah, where did Gabriel gone? Um, and obviously we found out that Louise and William, you know, thank God, thank God neither of them were anywhere near that squad. Inside Chelsea agents, let's be honest. <laughs> And we're going to touch on Willian a little bit later because I want to get your perspective as a Chelsea fan on that. But um, they obviously had to go uh, away from the squad, isolate. Gabriel's had to isolate because obviously he's been in a bubble with somebody who has COVID. And to be honest with you, I was really nervous, the fact of Abraham up against Mari because he's not the quickest and Holding's yeah. not been in the best of form. Um, but yeah, let's. I'll let you start off on how you saw the initial first half uh, play out. Um, I mean, yeah, I saw the lineup, the Arsenal lineup specifically. I was I was talking of Hugh Wizzy, and um, even they were like, you know what? In terms of what any Arsenal fan could ask for, it's that's the best you could get, you know. Yeah. Um, even if the midfield was looking a little bit dodgy in terms of the starting lineup, and I saw that and thought, you know, that midfield's there for the taking. Look at yeah. ours, you know, Kante, Kovacic, and we have Mount. Like that's there for the taking. We can yeah. boss this game from the middle. And it's sorted. It's curtains. And uh, I saw our lineup. I was skeptical of the fact that Timo might not be on the left. He might be on the right. Yeah. Um. Obviously, with Bellerin playing, I was like, yes, you know, just stick Pulisic <laughs> on that left and keep him there. That way, you know, he can take advantage. But nah. Um. That first half, it started off a little bit. I, it started off for the first ten minutes or so. Arsenal were on the upper hand, and I, I was like, yeah. this is expected. It's expected, and this is yeah. why I wanted us to get an early goal. I said in the preview, I was like, we need to go at them, get that early goal and send them into a panic. Because if yeah. we get that early goal, they will crumble. Yeah. And yeah, we didn't do that. But after <laughs> that, we begin we began to get into the game. And we had about a 10-minute portion in that first half where we looked good. Yeah. Um, around 15, 20, 25, somewhere there. Um, we were, we were moving it about really nicely. We were getting into good space. We were even utilising the middle, which is something that I've been advocating for for ages because we just go on the flanks all the time. Yes. And, you know, the game spoke volumes to that. But yeah. anyway, that 10-minute <laughs> portion was great. After that, we crumbled. We crumbled. Yeah. And um, that penalty that was given, um, you could say soft, but as far no, as... It was I'm, very soft. I, I, as an Arsenal fan, that wasn't a penalty for me. It was... It, it was. If the referee hadn't have given it, he wouldn't have overturned it. VAR would have looked at it and said, go to the monitor, and the referee, I don't think, would have overturned it. Well, I mean, the fact it went to VAR, I know. and even so, um, and I can get it. I can completely understand. And I don't really blame um, Tierney for going down the way he did, no, no. Um, because there was some element of contact, some. 
You yeah. know, it's something. And if you're, you've just ran past a player, you've got yeah. your hand, he's behind you, you're in the box. If you get touched, you're going down. Well, he would have gone down. Yeah. So my problem was with Reese James being so naive to allow Tierney to twist him up the way he did yeah. when all he had to do was just would keep his body to yeah. him. Just stand there and just don't let him through. Yeah. I don't know what James was doing. Um, and that put us in a bad position after that one the thing is with Tierney, I think, I mean, in that position, there's only one way for Tierney to go. He can only go inside. If he goes outside, he's running out for a goal exactly. kick. If it was a bit further back, then you could sort of understand slightly. Yeah. Because with Tierney, I mean, you can already see his sort of game plan. And he's done it He's done it quite a few times tonight, actually, where he picked the ball up, he sort of cut inside, then bang, straight back out to the left. And just yeah. The forward. yeah. But in that situation, you're right. James was very naive um, in the fact that he let him cut inside. You know, you, you just don't do that. You know, uh, he's, he's on his left foot. You just know it's the only way. Yes. And yes. he got past. You know, that's, he got past. There wasn't even an attempt to bring him down. If you've got to bring right. him down, bring him down there. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. stop him in his tracks straight away. Yeah. Um, and then this, exactly, as soon after that, the second goal was, for me, um, the one where I was most peed off about because um, we had possession of the ball. And I remember Chilwell yeah. had an opportunity to pass forward. And to go with it, and there was space there, and yeah. he didn't. He turned yeah. back, he went backwards. All of a sudden, Arsenal start pressing, and I'm just like, oh, God, you just had an opportunity to go forward. Yeah. We've given the ball away in, in transition, we've lost possession, all of a sudden we're under pressure, we've conceded a free kick on the edge of the box, and look yeah. what it's created, you know? Yeah. Um, it's I, was, I was nervous when that free kick was given, only because it... it you tried to take it quickly as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, oh, wicked, a quick free kick. Clearly, none of us want to take the free kick. We <laughs> brought it back. You know, it worked to our to our advantage. But it was one of those ones where, um, give me one second. Sorry, my wind is really loud on this side, and it's I keep banging my door. I don't know if you can hear it there. <laughs> one sec. I'm trying to right. Hopefully that should be fine. Um, <laughs> saying. So, yeah, so it was one of those ones where Arsenal have been in those situations quite a lot where we've got one of one or two options. We can either try the shot, you know, obviously, which we did, and it nothing happens. It goes straight into the keeper's hands or it hits the wall, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or we try to hit the ball into the box. It gets cleared and we get countered. You know, you, you've seen the many, many, how many goals we've conceded this season to, to a counter of that situation. Yeah. Um, so when we tried the quick free kick, I was like, oh, wicked, cool. We're going to try and hit him on the break. Obviously, Saka did score from it, albeit, you know, nobody really is really interested in that. Um, but then when Xhaka stood over the ball and I was like, oh, okay, this is going to go into Rosette. I genuinely, I missed, the, I actually missed the goal because I wasn't watching, because I was that, you know, unconfident that he was even going to do anything. Wow. So when, when I when I heard the, the, I say the roar, there was no roar, but the roar of Martin Tyler at least. And I was like, wait, hello, did we, oh shit, he just scored. I was like, oh my God. I couldn't believe it. Um, and then I saw in the replay and I actually wondered two things. Firstly, how he's how he's hit it in the back of the net from that position. Because it was quite a way out. It was about, what, about 30 yards or maybe 25 yards out. Yep. Secondly, Mendy's what? Six? six? Yeah. Something like that. I was like, yeah. I looked at the replay. It wasn't postage stamp by any means. And I'm not going to fault the goalkeeper because it was a crack, uh, crack and free kick. But I did wonder whether or not Mendy might have been a little bit further across and he possibly could have saved it. Yeah, um, I think he might have been a bit too reliant on that wall. 
Especially yeah. after you guys took it really quickly and that didn't materialise. The chances of you scoring after that are literally, that is, yeah. literally like close to impossible. Yes. Um, and I, I remember I, I was I was watching it and I was just like, I know if they score from this, because <laughs> you took it quickly and then it came, it got brought back and I was like, I was still fuming about losing possession and the way yeah. that we done it and I was like, yeah. no, 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 if you, you score from this and I just see it hit the back of the net, I'm like, it's done. Like, well, mate, <laughs> this, this is not right. Mendy yeah. was a bit was was a little bit too probably a little bit too reliant on his wall. Um, yeah. but, but it was a great free kick. It was a great. No, free really, kick. you know, I've seen him take a free kick before against Palace, which you know nestled into the back of net. So he's definitely got that in his locker. It doesn't happen yeah. all the time, uh, mate. I was just delighted to go two up. Um, my instant yeah. reaction, though, I was with you know my brother and all my cousin. My instant reaction was, if we can, if we don't concede before half time, this game is ours for the taking. Simple as that. If we concede before half time, it's just going to go downhill. Yeah, from, yeah, hundred percent. Um, and you know, thankfully, we saw out the rest of that first half. Um, you know, I think you you didn't register a shot on target until the goal. 80, um, if that counts, because he, he scored with his chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was going to say, what constitutes a shot? Your yeah, head? exactly. Does <laughs> now constitute a shot? I don't know. Um, but, but we had, in the end, we had two shots on target and both of yeah. them came in the last five minutes of the game. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, well, because I was going to say, one of them was the penalty, wasn't it? So, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but to be like I said, going into the break, half time, I was like, you know what, cool, 2 no up, I'm happy with this. I'm happy with the way the game's going. Um, because you could see... Like you said, going back to the start of the game, you can see our intention was to press you high and to try and just basically try and trouble you as much as possible. Because yeah. as much as we'd been on a bad run, uh, bad run of form, you know, I think this was the longest run of without a win seven games. Albeit the, the West Ham side, uh, game aside, you hadn't been on the best run of form. So going into it, it was kind of a bit of to and fro. Yeah. Um, it, well, I mean, looking back on it now, the West Ham game might have just been a paper over the crack. It might have just been one well, big camouflage. It, well, um, exactly. I'm scared to do my video because I'm thinking this could be kickstarting our season, but next week we go against Brighton and lose. <laughs> well, um, exactly. You never know. Um, we, the, the problem was we lost to Everton and we done it in a way where, you know, we shouldn't have lost in that manner. But then no. the Wolves game was, I'd say, worse because we were making the same mistakes. And yes, we done yeah. the, it was an exact replica of that last yeah. game, and yeah. worse, we were one nil up and then bottled it two one. Yes. So we went to the West Ham game, and even though we didn't play fantastic, we looked at it and went, you know what, three nil in a game where we weren't brilliant, but mm. yeah, we yeah, won it by three goals to nil. So that's a positive, you know, yeah. and yeah. that kind of helped us go into the Arsenal game. Going, you know what, yeah, we got to be a bit cautious, but we're confident, you know, we've yes. got a little thing going here now. Yeah, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, we hadn't been playing well, you know. At no. all. You can always, be, um, you know, we hadn't scored an op- a play for a goal from open play until tonight. First goal from open play since well, the Gabriel header against Wolves, albeit from open play, still came from the start of a set piece. So you know, yeah. whether it comes from that first ball in or the pass that came to Willian, who then crossed it in. We hadn't scored a goal from open play since even before the United game. And that was the last game we'd actually won. And that's the start of November. So the start of November was the last game we'd won a game in the Premier League 
We hadn't scored in goal from open play. I want to say in England because you lost to City as well in the Carabao Cup. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. It's it's been a barren run of form. Yeah. Um, you know, it hasn't helped the fact that we had a man sent off against Leeds, against Burnley. Um, who did we play last time? Everton? No, who? Oh, I can't remember who we played last time. We was Southampton. Um, oh, that's the one. Yeah, he got sent off against Southampton. That was it. Um, no, it wasn't Southampton. No, no, you drew to Southampton. I think. We did. We drew Southampton. Who is who is the game that we got sent off? Uh, Gabriel got sent off at. Oh, um, it's, yeah, you know Southampton. What? it was Southampton, wasn't it? it? Was Southampton, yeah. yeah. Well, I've erased that from my memory. See, that's what I mean. I've tried to erase, erase all those games because tonight is the only game that matters now, you see. Um, so yeah, so it doesn't help that we, we you know, get the players sent off in those games. Um, and then you're, you're back to the wall, you know, that's literally how it goes. Yeah. Um, so going, like I say, going into tonight, I wasn't confident, although. A part of me was, like I said in the video, I don't know why I'm confident going into this game. Um, and like I said, you know, going into that second half, you made the two changes. I thought, okay, cool. Chelsea are going to come out here. They're going to give us a proper hard time now. You could see what your, your intentions were, was to, to attack the wing, to attack the space in behind and put in loads of crosses without bringing Giroud on. Well, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah good plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, th th those subs just baffled me. Um, the, the Werner one, to an extent, I can understand. But what I don't get from it is, if you're going to take off Timo Werner, you're going to stick Hudson Odoi on, and you're going to yeah. play Hudson Odoi on the right, which yeah. is where everyone wanted Werner. But you yes. play him on the left. Yeah. But you bring on Hudson Odoi, you stick him on the right, and you put Pulisic on the left. Well, why didn't you do that in the first place and just like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it don't make sense. It, it, that it left us speechless. It left us speechless. And the big one, taking off Kovacic and bringing on Jorginho, we knew that would do nothing, nothing. <laughs> Because the problem is, even though you then controlled the game, that fell right into our hands. Exactly. We're because, two down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know? The thing is, you know, we've said it in the past as Arsenal fans, you bring off somebody who's trying to make things happen, who mm. can at least try and create for somebody who, in all intents and purposes, is not the most creative person in the world. He's, he's definitely that person that sort of just shores it up. If you want the ball kept, give it to him. He can at least spring the passes. That's fine. But when you want intent and purpose for moving the ball forward, yeah, I did, I did. I personally, I saw that and I went, okay, cool. Look, I can understand what he's trying to do, but it's going to play right into our hands because Martinelli was still fresh. So yeah. was Sarah. Uh, and Smith Rowe, for me, had a fantastic game tonight. Yeah. You know, he's still young and he's got an injury record, but I felt he handled it really well. And I was screaming out for that player to come in, to, for, for Emil Smith Rowe to come in um, and give us some sort of injection, just, just some sort of injection. Um, because like I said, I've said it before many times, we've seen it way too many times with the likes of Sabayas, who just can't seem to progress the ball forward. Um, Xhaka, although he was fantastic tonight, has not been on best form in the slightest. No, um, no way. So going into that second half, I looked at it and thought, okay, cool. Look, um, we just basically, we need to score the next goal. If Chelsea score the next goal, you know, it's in a bit of a trouble. We're in a bit of squeaky bum time. But thankfully, what a goal by Saki. You know, he definitely meant it. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> Papa Ronaldinho Seaman moment, isn't it? <laughs> uh, did, you, did you see the um, the Tammy Abraham and Saka thing at the end of that? I did, yeah. Um, basically, Chilwell and Saka were getting all lovey-dovey and whatnot. I, I really hate that as footballers. I really um, 
Mate, Chilwell got destroyed by our lot for that. Like, oh, honestly, can't stand. You, you look at that and go, "There's no way John Terry would have done that." Or no, 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 no yeah. they would have done that. no way, no way. You'd have grabbed but, him off and pulled him off, like fuck off. Literally, I get respect and shaking hands, and that's normal. But you know, leave it to all behind off the camera. Don't do it on the camera where everyone can see. Doesn't exactly, matter. exactly. Doesn't um, and yeah, after that, straight after that, Tammy. Speaking to Saka, Saka, Saka was saying something, and then Tammy looked like he was just telling him, "Like, nah, get lost." I, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. the whole thing, though. I don't. I mean, the only bit I've caught on the sort of replays was uh, Tammy getting really sort of angry, going, "No, oh, you didn't mean that, man. Shut up." Uh, you could see how angry oh, he was. Also, it was about the goal. Yeah, it was about the goal. About the goal. Saka was laughing, but you could see in Abraham's face he was so angry, like he was yeah. really angry. Um, yeah. And then it made it all better. Izzy Maitland-Niles just sort of walked over and goes, "Ah, oh, leave him alone, bro. He's upset." Which probably didn't help in the slightest, but um, you know, going forward, you know, Saka's goal that really sort of settled my nerves, really did because I thought, okay, cool, now, now we can sort of not be sloppy as such, but we can sort of give away a couple of passes, and I'm not going to go, oh for fuck's sake, like please, just keep the ball, just keep yeah. the ball. Um, but you know, again, you didn't trouble us in the slightest. You kept putting no. balls in the box. Um, you know, I thought I was watching Arsenal for a second every time you cross the ball in. It was getting that ridiculous. It was Kante to nobody. And every time every time a cross went in, the camera panned to Olivier Giroud, just sat there going, okay, cool. I'm going to come on in a second. That's going to be my chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was that one moment he there. He put his jacket on and just went. <sighs> um, but, yeah, go on. Your, your perspective then of what you saw after Arsenal went free up. Um, yeah, that, that third goal, again, that third goal um, was, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, fantastic goal. Yeah. And definitely meant it. You could see exactly what he's doing. But he'd done that intelligently because you look at the amount of space and time he was given to make that decision and to do that. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. You you cannot you cannot allow someone that much time and space. You just can't. It's illegal. You know, <laughs> that that brings me back to the Kovacic sub. Because yeah, I yeah, guarantee yeah. had Kovacic been on the pitch there. He yeah. definitely would have closed that down sooner because he's the one with the most energy in that midfield. I mean, you could argue Mason Mount, but Mason Mount is just a whole pressing thing, really. Defensively, you don't really see it. But no. with Kovacic, I don't think Saka's having that opportunity. Um, and he took it really, really well. But that's what got us really, really, you know, like, what are we doing? This is this is basic. This is schoolboy stuff. What are we doing, you know? Um, he saw Mendy off his line and he took it. Fantastic. But then after that... Um, yeah, you know, it was the same the same thing over and over again. It was cross the ball into the box, hope. Um, I mean, we had 34 crosses tonight. It's not doesn't quite beat our 49 against Wolves, I think it was, or Burnley. <laughs> you're up there. It's, you're getting there. You're getting there, I'm telling you. I mean, it, I don't mind having that many crosses if you're going to get a few attempts on target. Well, you see, that's the thing. You know what? I always always ask what constitutes a cross because when Liverpool and City do it and they score, nobody says, oh, well, but they had 27 other crosses which didn't go to... Because they scored four or five goals. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know um, what? Um, yeah. I, was, I was going four, please, four. Give me five. Give me I, th- give I me thought it happened. I thought four would happen. I really did. And it did. after Mendy gave Lacazette the ball. I thought that's it. But Dang. I'm glad he made the save. He rectified yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I was screaming for him to chip. I was screaming. <laughs> I was like, you're so far off your line as it anyway. Just just chip it. Even if it goes over, I don't care. Just try and chip the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, um, 
Amendi as well made another save because I forgot who it was, but there was, really, there was a shot going yeah. bottom, bottom, low, low bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that could have been four as well. Like, second half, you guys were all over us, and I don't understand. This is what baffles me. Lampard after the game said, first, look, well, he said first half um, we weren't good at all, but second half uh, we we were good, and I'm like, I, yeah, I'm like, what game were you watching, mate? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know. I know. What? <laughs> yeah. good. You, you could argue that the last 10 minutes, maybe, there was intensity, you know? You, you could yeah. see that there were players running about because they had nothing to lose at that point. But that's the problem. That's We've the problem. seen that Arsenal too many times where the, you watch the game for, the, for 85 minutes and we're terrible. And then the yeah. last five minutes plus the stoppage time, everyone tweets out going, well, why can't we just play like this for the whole 90? Why is it taking it to this point where yeah. we show the intent? Um. Yeah, I mean that that yeah that comment baffled me because I think about the 80th minute you could see Arsenal sit back. We brought Pepe on for Martinelli. We took Smith Rowe off. Yeah. You know, you could you were definitely. Comfortable. Yeah, of course we was. Of course we was. Yeah. The only one that really annoyed me was was Mustafi coming on for Lacazette. I was just like, no, I get it. You want to you know shore up at the back. I think we just you know you just made it three one, and I was like, okay, cool. Look, I get that, but I'd rather have a Bamyang on, which will stretch your players even more. Yeah, of his pace, and I was really like, just look. I don't care if you give him five minutes; just give him that little moment to use his pace, because Mustafi can do Mustafi at any point. Who knows when he's going to turn up and do his yeah. own Mustafi? So, for me, I was panicking after you scored that goal, um, which obviously it came from his chest, which we will register as a shot on target. Um, which was actually, to be fair, nice build-up play. I thought Pulisic done really well to get to that position in the first place. Yeah. Um, and then it was game on. Then when the penalty came about, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to do it, aren't we? I was like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. Isn't it? it would just be typical Arsenal. You're 3-0 up at home. And if this is 3-3. Mate, honestly, I was panicking. I was nervous then. I, I literally thought when, when we got the penalty, I swear, I looked and I went, no. No. <laughs> is it happening? Like, if we scored this, and, we, and I saw, like, stoppage time was five minutes. I was like, so we've got five minutes after we score this to get a third. Yeah. I thought this could happen. But then, yeah, but then Jorginho does what he does. And, you know, you know for... it's one of those ones, penalties, isn't it? If it goes in, it's a good penalty. When he's yeah. saying the worst penalty in the world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't help the last one he took, he missed in the same way. Against um, Liverpool? I think, I think, yeah, because yeah. after that, we had a penalty and Werner was given the responsibility yes. and he yes. scored. Yes. Um, but Werner got taken off. So you're thinking, who's going to take the penalty? I think everyone would have argued, you know, please not Jorginho. <laughs> you just never know. Um, but it is what it is. You know, that pretty much summed it all up. Um, yeah, it, was a, it wasn't a great... I mean, I, mate, regardless of the penalty being missed, I was just glad to see an Arsenal keeper save one. We haven't had yeah. an Arsenal keeper save a penalty since... I think it was Peter Cech against Watford. You like, are. God, mate, however many years. I don't even know how many years ago it was. Yeah. It was a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, and I was just so glad to see us save a penalty and obviously glad to see us finish off the game, win and finally put... It was, it was one of those games where, um, like I said in the video before, it, this could really kickstart our season. Obviously, going into the January transfer window, I'm... It could, yeah. Mate, I'm, I'm absolutely like yearning for some signings just to give us and it and all it had to show was put Mill Smith Rowe in that position where we could create some chances where you say look here's what you do if you give a creative midfielder the opportunity to do some creativity yeah um which we don't have too many of those players so going into the transfer window I'm like okay cool now can we kickstart our season from here on in 
Um, well, Arteta might have bought himself some time with with um, with that win because that win for, yeah. for Arsenal, you know, um, and the circ- yeah. and the circumstance, it's big. Um, if as, as long as you carry that into Brighton, of course, if you do, then yeah, I think Arteta might have just saved his job and yeah. you know might have fall back in and maybe not just know, January yeah, window, but summer. I'm really hoping so. I am really hoping so because as much as these bad results have been bad. It might just be the way he talks. I don't know whether or not it's the way he talks and he's given everybody that false sense of hope because he's saying everything, every single thing he's saying is correct. He's not got the players he wants. You know, if he has the players he wants or the system he wants to play, you can definitely see what he's about. And everyone's going, all right, cool. I'm invested in this project. It's not going to come overnight. And the problem is, I've said it before, we've got too many players who, you know, in Willian and Louise's case, they're, they're coming to Arsenal. We're using us as a retirement home. You've got players like Mustafi who are just sticking around. He doesn't even want to be here and he's still getting played. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got, you know, Ozil sitting on 350 grand a week, tweeting out before every game using the best PR. That's you a could crazy play. situation. Yeah. It's, you know, we're not going to go too much into the politics, but I've said my piece and what I think the problem is with Ozil and the club. Yeah. Um, you've only got to look back at what he's tweeted out and what he's tried to say and the club shut him down. So quickly, it was ridiculous. Very quickly. Mm. Oh my god! Um, so yeah, it's regarding you know going away from that side of things. But you've got other players who are just sitting off, you know, sitting off their wages. Kalasinac is on a hundred grand a week. Didn't even get on the bench tonight. Um, Socrates not even registered. He's on ninety grand a week. We've got too many players living off high wages and not yeah. getting and not wanting to leave because you're living in London for goodness sake, you know? Yeah, uh, if you've got money, you're in London, you're, you're cushy. You know what I mean? So, um, but moving away from that, I'll, you know, obviously we'll finish off the game, Arsenal 1-3-1. What's your immediate thoughts on on Lamps? Because, you know, is it, is it a case where he still deserves some time? Because by all intents and purposes, you do have a very expensive squad. Yeah, that's um, the problem. That is, that's yeah. the problem. Um, only because I really think a shift happened tonight. You know, yeah. all that pressure on Arteta and whatnot. I think yeah. Lampard's taking it home. Um, 100%. And it's it's because, you know, it's the same mistakes over and over again. It's not like it's something new. And when you yeah. look at the way we played, it's so one-dimensional, man. It's cross the ball and hope. Like, that's it. You get that at a pub. Like, you get that pub <laughs> ball. It's, it's cross the ball and hope. Come on, that's Huh? I used to play that way 10 years ago. It was that literally. Yeah, yeah, literally. You know, Um, you're always told like grassroots or uh, Saturday League football and whatnot. You're always told, all right, just pass it about, get the ball out to the flanks, you know, cross them in and hope, you know. And that's just, that's what Chelsea are doing. And there's nothing else. And as I said, it's not like we don't have the ability to. We spent 200 million on this team. You know, Um, there are players there as demonstrated in portions of the game that can get into the middle, that can create, that can link up. But we have this obsession to go backwards, build up from the back and go to the flanks, cross the ball in and pray. And that's happened. Everton, Wolves, well, West Ham, we got away with it. Tonight, we got City after Villa. Villa on form. We got them tomorrow. Yep. It's, I'm, I'm just saying, after tonight, there's a lot of questions about Lampard now. Yeah, and whether that's all he's got, like, is that all you have? You know, no, um, no, that's correct. Yeah, it's correct. It's it's difficult because 
he's a club legend. You know, everyone loves him. Everyone wants this. Trust me, everyone wants this to succeed. Like, you'd want a club legend to be your gaffer and win trophies with you. Like, that's just... Can you imagine that Arsenal if, like, Thierry Henry walked through the door and won the Premier League? Like, you guys... Build him another statue at the Emirates, sod it. <laughs> exactly, it'd be mad. And it's the same. So th- there is that side of it where you're hoping and you're like, please, Lamps, don't mess this up. Don't me- we-, we want this. But you've got to be real. Yeah. If he's yeah. not ready and that's all he's got. Yeah. You'd kind of want your club legend to walk before he's pushed, wouldn't you? If that came to yeah. you. So yeah. your, your legendary status isn't tarnished. Any, you know. Um, and the thing, with the, fit, sorry, the, the thing with Roman as well, um, we know he's, you know, he might give the benefit of the doubt, but don't tell me he's not thinking what people are thinking tonight. Like 100%. He's got he's that. Done it twice. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it, it wouldn't be a shock, but we'll he, see. Roberto Di Matteo was a legend. He just won you the Champions League. He got rid of him within six months. Yeah. Ten games. Nine, nine, yeah, eight, 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 nine, ten games. Somewhere there. Done. So, yeah, I mean, I want to say the, sentiment, the, the, the sentimental side of things is there, but it really isn't. I, I can't see that it is. Yeah, um, yeah, and when you look at sorry, when you look at like a Timo or Havertz and the way they're being utilized, um, or the way that they're playing, it, there is that element of if it was another manager, more experienced, or someone that is out there that knows, you know, about this sort of thing, um, will, will that person really get the best out of them? You know, maybe yeah. all these players that have just been bought with an extra gear shifted in. Yeah, you know, maybe they'll turn into different beasts. It's it's all it's all up in the air. It's all up in the air. Because the thing is, I think you know, you had by all intents and purposes a decent season last season. You know, hmm. you, your model was built off of youth because that's what you had. You couldn't that's do anything. Yeah. Um. So you have a group of players who know each other anyway from the youth team. You know, let's be honest. Chelsea's youth team is probably still the best in the world. Have won every single thing multiple times. Yeah. You then transform that into the first team. Um. And then it's a case of, I want to say slowly, injecting a player at a time. The problem with you, because your, your squad was so thin, you had to inject it all at once. It was like, quickly, let's get them all in and then we can go. Um, and then, you you know, you sign players like Havertz because if you don't sign him now, somebody else will in a year or so. Yeah. Werner linked all summer with Liverpool. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Look, again, if we don't get this guy and he's going to come into Liverpool – potentially could be having a great season. Um, so it's, again, it's a case, you know, those players will come good. And we're going to, I think we can have the, the habits debate. Or is it time to have the habits debate? Nah, he'll come good. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sure, like, with Werner and Havertz, um, they'll both come good. I'd say, again, it depends, though. It depends. You know, it depends on the way that Chelsea are playing with results like tonight and whatnot. You, don't, you just don't know what's going to, what's going to transpire. But in terms of the long run, they, they will come good. If I mean, Havertz is what, 21? 22? Huh? There's, there's, what, yeah, Havertz is 21. He's and got Ber- so much. Werner is 23, 24, 24, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the man scores goals for fun, let's be fair. He's, you know, he, his stats this season hasn't been bad in the slightest for a first season. I mean, I tweeted at some point during the game, I said, look, we bring on £72 million Pepe and Lampard trumps it with £80 million Havertz just to, just to outdo us again. Like, um, at least we in, want something. To be honest with you, I think I, I agree with you. Though you, you know, you want your your manager to succeed. Listen, I want nothing more than Arteta to, 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 uh, to succeed. You know, last season we were linked with Ancelotti, 
and Arteta came in, Ancelotti and Everton. I think right now, because we've got no affiliation to Ancelotti, if he'd have come in and done the, you know, had the season he's having, he'd have already been gone. I think the fact that Arteta is linked in with the club and he's always saying the right things, I definitely think that's brought him a lot more time. And tonight's result, like you said, has probably accelerated that by a good couple of notches. Um, you know, there's there's talk about uh, January transfer windows being accelerated from the summer. The summer transfer window was the one for us and it's been pushed to January. Hopefully that can bring us some good and give Arteta a bit more time and a bit more creeping up the table. Um, because, you know, as a Chelsea fan, you know where what it's like to be in 15th. It's not yeah. a nice place. I tell you what, it's really not a nice place. It's not. It's not. It's not. Mate, honestly, it's horrible because I'm getting it off of United fans, uh, Liverpool fans, Tottenham fans, and probably the worst is Chelsea fans. Because let's be fair, we can both agree as Arsenal and Chelsea fans, Tottenham, like, they're just, you know, they're yeah. going <laughs> to I'm praying that they're going to bottle it, yeah? So, but getting it off of the Chelsea fans, because we've got the trophies, mm-hmm. it hurts and it stings a lot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, look, what, what do we do in this situation? to get out of this, out of where we are? It's, um, it's you know what's mad? Because obviously we, we were there and um, I'd say the circumstances are different because, you know, we went into that situation as champions. Yeah. Like we, we'd won the league comfortably. Um, you know, we, we had a great squad. Mourinho back at his peak. It was just, it was beautiful. Um, yeah. We started that season and it was just dodgy results, few draws, and we were like, all right, well, this isn't perfect, but, you know, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. We'll pick up. Um, and it just went downhill bit by bit. But the problem as well is when you look at it, after that season, and we ended up finishing 10th, you know, um, Hiddink came in, steered the ship, got loads of draws, not even wins, just draw, 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 draw. Um, and we got positive on the fact we didn't lose. Like, yeah, we didn't lose. Fantastic. Um, the season after, well, we won the league again. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. With Arsenal, it's it's been a steady decline. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean? This isn't this isn't new. This isn't something that started yesterday. This is something that's been going on for years. And it's you could it was a lot of papering over the cracks, papering over the cracks. And I think now it's just gone full blown out in the open and everyone sees sees it before it is. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. And yeah, I think that there's there's I think it's a, the problems are a lot deeper at Arsenal than they were at Chelsea. At Chelsea, it was I think as a temporary thing. And we recovered, yeah. but at Arsenal, I think it's the entire club to head to toe. Um, so what do you do to get out of it? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I'll touch on something in a second, because for those that don't know, and you obviously know, I used to work for Chelsea. So I was at the training ground day to day during that season when it was all going wrong. Yeah. Um, and I'll touch on that in a second. I think for us now, for Arsenal, the fact that, We've come in this summertime. Look, we've got, you know, Louise, Socrates, Mustafi, uh, all out of contract. Yeah. Spartis, Lacazette, Granite Xhaka going into the final year of their contract. And then you've got other players who are just not good enough. You've got, I'd say, about 10 or 12 people, 10 or 12 players who could all be gone between January and the summer. I think they're trying to accelerate some of them into January. You know, give Mer- uh, Erzil away for free in, the, uh, in January. Same with Socrates. Same with Mustafi. So that clears off so much Deadwood in the summer where I think, look, we're not going to get top four this season. I doubt we're going to even get top six. No, no way. But I, my problem is if we get rid of Arteta now and then come the summer, all those players leave 
who who's the manager that comes in to say, look, these are the players I want to bring in, and this is you know it could all be fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But the way Arteta speaks, and like he said, you know, I'm this many players away from doing it. I want these amount of players in these positions to do it. Come the summer when all these players leave, you bring in your own players, then you can really see what he's trying to do. And you can really see exactly how he's trying to implement his style and his philosophy. And you don't want to come to it in a, in a few seasons' time where he's doing fantastically somewhere else. You're going, you know, we really missed a trick with this manager because all it took was his yeah. players. Um but I'm going to touch on slightly something, obviously, with the, the sort of Chelsea 15-16 season, which was, it, for me, seeing it from an inside perspective, let's say, it all started on that, was it the Swansea game at home where Mourinho Carnero. went mental at her? Yeah. Mate. Well, uh, well I, I, I've got to clarify. It was Eva and um, I forget the other guy's name, the bald guy. Um, Gary Hughes. No, no, no. The physio, it be, oh, did it, oh, I forgot, forgot the name. Um, but anyway, people don't, people don't remember his name because he kept his job. <laughs> he, he took the punishment and kept his he's job. Still there, Eva, yeah, he's either still there now or he's at Tottenham now. Oh, okay. So yeah, he yeah, I I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah. And but yeah, Mourinho flipped, mate. Honestly, flipped. and she, in terms of the context of the game, in the context of the game, rightfully so. Yeah, um, yeah but, what, but, but what went down after that, I I don't know. I, yeah, so yeah. let's put it this way. She didn't turn up to the training ground for the rest of that, her tenure, even up through the court case. She didn't turn back. She didn't turn up to the training ground once after Did that. Did she not? No, she wasn't there. All the time that I was there, she might have been there on days that I wasn't there. But every day that I was there, she wasn't there at all. So there was a lot that had happened that either she was obviously really unhappy about Marino's really unhappy about whichever way it panned out. There was yeah. something that happened between those two and the club and her that it put this way, it, let a lot, it left a lot of the players unhappy as well because she was a very popular figure. Um, and you can only imagine what it's like going in and around this training ground as football players when you're on a barren run of form. Yeah. Put it this way, if I'd have said hello to any of the players, I would have lost my job. That's how bad it was. Like, it was really, really, really bad. Um, you know, usually when it's, you know, the, let me put it into some perspective. The following season, when you're flying high, you win the league, every player wants to be your best friend. Whether that's Thibaut Courtois, who's probably the most silent person out of them all. Uh, Diego Costa, who's obviously, we all know what Costa's like. He's the most bubbliest person ever. David Luiz, similar. You could not talk to them the previous season. It was really, really bad. Everybody head dropped. The mood, the physios were, you know, head dropped because they were like, listen, I could be next. If things are not going, you know, and anybody flips the lid, I could be next. Um, so it was it was a personnel thing. Like you like you rightfully said, you just won the league. So the players are not bad. The following no. season win the league. The exactly. players are not bad. Um, it was a horrible circumstance for everybody to be in at the club. Um, but it, it stemmed a lot from from the manager, and you know a lot of um, players at the time were not happy with what happened. Um, you know, let's put it this way: the walls at Cobham are not the thickest, so you can hear conversations. You're walking through uh, during the canteen when they're having breakfast, and yeah, it's not a happy place. Um, wow. Yeah, it wasn't honestly, mate. It was. I mean, don't get me wrong. As an Arsenal fan, I was loving it. I was like, no, this is... Mate, this honestly, is chaos. <laughs> it's, 
incredible. Um, you know, I remember one time, I genuinely, I think it was, um, I was sat down in the main reception of, you know, of the training ground in the first team building. Um, and Mourinho sort of walked past. Every morning when he goes to his press conference, rather than going in the back, he'd come down the front, cross over and in, in through to the press room. Every time, come down, morning, mate, how are you? Hello, how's everything? He'd have a small chat with you. If I'd looked at him, he'd have got me sacked. Simple as that. It was genuinely like, you, it was just anger all the time. It was bad. Um, but so, yeah, completely different to us this season. Um, and the circumstances, you, you can't even, I said it before, you know, this feels like Chelsea 15, 16. I don't see from the Arsenal players the same, I don't want to say resentment. Resentment is a strong word, but the lack of belief in the manager, like I saw from the Chelsea players. Um, and, you know, it was only going to go the one way. I mean, I was there at the training ground the day he got, um, you know, they got sacked. And I don't want to say it felt like a weight had been lifted off of everyone's shoulders. Like, okay, cool. Look, okay, listen, guys, we can smile again. But it felt the next few days anyway, when when Hidden came in, um, came in with his cigars and his cigarettes, smoking up the place. It was a happy place from then on in, mate, honestly. Right. Uh, yeah, genuinely. It was, it was crazy. It was a crazy time, you know, and obviously you, 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 as a fan, you only really get to see it from the outside. You're like, Jesus, what's going on here? Like, what's going on? That's the thing. And, and hearing that perspective is mad because on the outside, you could have asked any Chelsea fan at that time, we need to stick with Jose. Like every Chelsea fan would have told you, um, you know, after everything he's done and achieved with us and whatnot, well, there's no excuse. We've got to stick with him and power through. And that would have been any Chelsea fan. Well, when you hear it from the inside as well, it's crazy. Just the, the two perspectives, it's mad. it's mad. So, I mean, listen, like this is how crazy it was as well. So Mourinho never drove in. I don't know if he has a car, if he drives. He lives literally in the centre of London. He lives in Fulham or Chelsea. Wherever yeah, yeah about Belgravia or something. Yeah, yeah. so he doesn't, doesn't need a car. He'd always get driven in by a chauffeur every morning, taken back by a chauffeur. And for... You know, when did that happen with Swansea? It was really much the start of the season, wasn't it? Start like, of the season, yeah. It was one of the first few games. Yeah, so between then and the moment he got sacked, you know, I'd speak to the, the chauffeur, the, the driver, the guy, and, you know, always have a nice conversation with him. I could tell you the amount of times Mourinho spoke to him. It was very rarely. And he said it was it was very unlike him as well. He said it was he said it felt awkward. That drive from Belgravia to Cobham was good and that good hour and 10 minutes, good hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. It was the most awkward drive there and back every day. He says, look, now I just turn up, pick him up, take him home. That's me done. I, if he wants to say hello to me and have a conversation with me, fantastic. If he doesn't, I'm not going to start it, put it that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I can understand. You know, you as Chelsea fans, you're like, listen, we've got to stick with him. He's our most successful manager. He'll get us out of it. But, yeah, from the inside, it was only going to go the one way. Um, and because, you know, we can all agree, Mourinho is a very stubborn man. So he weren't gonna change his way put it that way no um, which you know at the end of it to be fair at the end of it you got back into 10th the next season you won the league so you ain't gonna complain yeah. too yeah um, so you know I want to touch on that we won't touch on that much more but um sort of go dwell into your life a little bit if that's all right yeah absolutely um, <laughs> okay. um am I right in thinking you were part of the original 100% Chelsea founders or the original the original the, 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 <laughs> the, the original yeah yeah the what, how did you start it what was the sort of thought behind it because 
at that time, I don't even think Arsenal fan TV were about, were they? No, they were. They were. They were? Yeah. Okay. Arsenal fans, we were massive. Um, it, it came from, this was funny because I was doing my own thing at the time on my own channel. Um, okay. And Robbie, AFTV, yeah. um, got in touch with me and he wanted me to come on and do, obviously, like something like this. Yeah. But before an Arsenal Chelsea game, and it was the game where did we was it the six nil? Was it the two nil? It might have been a two nil or no, I think it might have been the six nil. Okay. Not sure. But anyway, um, yeah, he, he contacted me, wanted a Chelsea voice, like a Chelsea person yeah. from YouTube. And we were very like there were there weren't many of us at that <laughs> time. I think there might have been three <laughs> tops. Like it was it was mad. Um there was, yeah, myself, another, like, called Joe Zecker. Um, he was before me, in fact, and he he doesn't do it anymore, but um, he was really cool. But, yeah, Robbie got in touch, and he's like, you wanted a Chelsea voice. And I came, I went on, and, and yeah, we spoke about the game, looking in, looking into the game as a preview and whatnot. Um, and then after that, um, we kept in touch, and he gave me, um, he gave the idea of starting up a Chelsea version, you could say, or, or like yeah. a, a Chelsea fan channel. You know, like Chelsea don't have one. He's like, you know, what do you think about starting one? And I was like, I was at uni at the time, um, and I was like, you know what, that's actually a good shout because it was something I wanted to get into, like you know, yeah. more YouTube and whatnot. And I thought that's a good shout. Um, so he helped me plan, um, right. and you know just find my feet and you know yeah. after that just connections and whatnot and um if i ever wanted collabs and whatnot i know where to go yeah um and yeah got it started um and went to games and whatnot decided interviewing fans and it, it got quite you know it got quite popular it was quite good um for me personally i reached a point where i just couldn't keep up with the schedule because yeah. I managed to, to to have a first-hand insight into what it's really like, especially on Robbie's end and AFTV, yeah. or at the yeah. time, Arsenal Fan TV, but, um, and how much work actually goes in and how much scheduling and, um, you know, what what needs to be done to keep the standard. Yeah. Um, it's not just as easy as it looks where, you know, um, you go onto AFTV, you see a couple of fan cams, and that's it. You know, it's it's not like that. No, there's there's multiple bits of equipment that need to be sorted. There's certain times you need to be in certain places. Um, yeah. you got to go to every game. If you miss a game, it looks bad. Um, you know, you can't do it virtually. I mean, now you can, but yeah, back you then, can. like, <laughs> yeah, we haven't got a choice now. But I mean, back then, like, you had to be at the games. It's just a good yeah. impression. Um, and even if you don't have a ticket in, we got to be at the ground for after the game. Yeah, um, to interview fans. And and in in like the middle of the week when there's no games, you got to keep up a schedule. You can't just rely on fan cams. You got to create content. Um, you know that's whether that's collabing or going to different locations. Or it's a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work. And at the time, um, I had uni, um, yeah. and I was working alongside because that was my only source of income. I wasn't getting any from YouTube at the time, so okay. I was working, and that had to be prioritized. And yeah, I had cool. family things at home as well. Um, so it reached a point where I was like, I can't keep juggling all of this. It's impossible. I haven't got the time in those 24 hours. Like, so I passed the channel on to one of the regulars at the time, Louis. Oh yeah. 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 Um, cause he wanted to get into media and YouTube and do all of that. So I thought, let me pass it on to him. Um, cause he seems the most keen and the most hungry and the one that can, you know, add some youth to it as well. So yeah. 
Um, yeah, passed it on to him, and he ran with it for as long as he as long as he did. Um, and then he stopped it eventually, and now it's not it's not running. Uh, but yeah, since then, I've seen it. <laughs> since then, um, you know, he's gone and done his own thing. He's smashing it. He's started Imperial Wharf and the new football yeah, club. Yeah, and all yeah, sorts. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Um, yeah, pretty pretty good. Um, and I'm doing what I'm doing, and thankfully I've got full control about what. I get to do at what time I want to do it and all of that. And yeah, um, yeah. you're very, doing very well, mate. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you, man. <laughs> thank you. When you start, oh, by the way, for those, you know, listen, um, I think one of the comments I put on my video, someone had a go at me for taking X Talks Football. And I do apologize, firstly, because <laughs> I, actually, I completely did not see your channel name at the time. So when it came about, right. I was like, oh, crap. I was like, okay, listen, I can't promote it all for the best I can and then change it last second. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I do apologize for you. No for problem, man. That's, <laughs> um, that's gonna get that one out there. <laughs> no, it's cool, it's cool. It's totally cool. No, so yeah, so look, mate. Um, because then you've obviously done you had another channel, didn't you, after that, and then sort of reinvented it for this, which like you know, like you said. Well, I mean, yeah, I had, I had my my own channel, Unity Church, at the time. Yes, and um, it got obviously after 100 percent Chelsea. I went back onto that because I had left that on the shelf, and I yes. thought, well, I've got my channel. I can still do I can still do my own content in my own time. So yeah. I was running with that, um, and then as soon as the whole well, just as the whole COVID thing was happening, um, I thought, let me change the angle. Let me switch it up. And yeah. um, try and you know branch things out and not just rely on football. Yeah. Um, and I thought you know at the time it's just not the same. And with the whole COVID thing going on and football was beginning to stop and all that, and I was like, you know what? Let me branch out. So I thought, let me branch out, and I did. Um, started like podcasting and all of that, which was fun. Um, but obviously, scheduling again is something it's that has to be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be consistent. So. Um, when it reached the summer and we knew football was coming, well, football had already come back, but yeah. um, it was going into the new season and whatnot. And it was in the middle, well, it was the middle of the transfer window just as it started. And I thought, okay, you know what? Let me take everything I've learned. Let me, you know, every single bit of, of whether it's practice or trial and error or, you know, um, anything I've learned in terms of cameras and lighting and, and editing and, and all that, everything. Let me just take it and just start from zero start fresh yeah. and okay. go at a hundred percent from zero and just run with it. And yeah, Eunice Talks Football was born. So <laughs> and then here I am. And I started that in July and and I'm wow. here. So yeah. That's, that's incredible. And it's 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 paid off. It's paid off. But it's literally like it wouldn't be how it is if it wasn't for everything before. Like yeah, of course. Like yeah, everything yeah. that I'd learned and thought let me do things properly because there were times where I felt lazy. And I managed to get over that mindset. And I was like, nah, you know what? This, I'm, I need to go 100% on this. And I need to keep the standard high. Um, and yeah, it's it's been brilliant. It's been brilliant. I'm not going to lie. It, for me, it's been quite tough. So obviously, I started off a podcast with a couple of friends of mine. Actually, similar. During lockdown, towards the middle end, when we knew football was coming back, we thought, cool, we'll get together. The three of us, we love football. We have FIFA nights. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then similar scheduling just went completely out the window. And we very naively said, did not even take that consideration. 
Oh, well, yeah. we'll, we'll do one. We'll do a podcast every Monday after the weekend football. We'll have a conversation about it. Perfect. And then it got to a point where it was like, look, we're not going to do one this week because scheduling's messed up. You know, one of them's with away with his missus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, things get in the way. Yeah, genuinely, mate. So it's like, it's one of those points where it was like, okay, cool. Look, we haven't done one for about three weeks. If we don't do something now, whoever's interested about the five people that were at the time, are just not going to want to even listen and just sort of zone out themselves. Um, so, and then one of the guys suggested, look, should we just sort of shelve it? Because it's not, it's not popping off and they were like, look, I'm investing too much time into the fact that it's not really kicking off. And I was like, well, that's probably the time to invest in it. We need to go hard here. At least yeah. we get content. And so obviously the decision was made to sort of drop that one. And then I sort of sat there for a while thinking, okay, look, I've got, you know, the, the podcast uh, buzz about me. I was like, you know, I really enjoy doing this. I'm really enjoying chatting to people. And like you, I was thinking to myself, okay, cool. Well, I can just run this by myself. I can control everything I want to do. I don't have to worry about anyone else. I can just do my thing, phone up people, say, look, you know, give me a Newcastle perspective, give me Chelsea, whatever it is. Um, And so, you know, for me, it's still fresh. It's still, you know, very, very raw. Um, And obviously the channel as well, the the YouTube channel I mentioned before off the air, that my channel at the moment has started off with my music. Then it went to, all fitness related stuff now it's all about football and, and arsenal and that so it's a slow slow steady i know i mean i know how youtube works it's so it's difficult but once you're in that's when it's then yeah. it starts time. that's the thing that's um, true. and i've just got to be pers- persistent with it um that's I've, the key that is yeah. really the key that's for what scheduling is difficult i've got a newborn baby at home obviously the wife and the children it's but lockdown has enabled me to be able to do that because so much time at home. Yeah. Like ridiculous. Um, but you know, it's all about persistence. And like I said, I mentioned at the start very much. Thank you very much for being on and supporting. Obviously I bombarded you with messages about it, mate. I need this. Please help me with this, please. (laughs) Um, so again, appreciate that more than, you know, and don't worry, there'll be more times where I messed you back, mate, I need some help. Um, (laughs) I think what we'll do is we'll wrap it up here. We began on nearly an hour. Um, so guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Eunice, for joining me today. You can follow him uh, on YouTube, Eunice Talks Football. Smash that like button on his, smash the notification on his, as well as mine, obviously. Um, notifications and on Twitter, what's your Twitter handle? Um, at Eunice HH. Cool. You can follow me at Miss CJ Wright. This has been Kringle Talks Football. Very much appreciate you being here. Hopefully, we can climb up the the, the league and. Be closer to where you are because you seem to be falling down. Um, <laughs> it was a swap. <laughs> I've seen tonight there's eight points to separate um, Oh, mate, don't say that. Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> it's possible. I looked at Aston Villa initially. I went, oh, look, they're, above, they're in above, you, above you, but they've got two games in hand. I was like, okay, look, no, I won't look at them. I'll just look at you. Um, oh, look, guys, very much. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Until next time, see you later. Eunice. Cheers, mate.